Dr. Marketing Tips, Paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. This is Jennifer. And on this week's show, I've got something a little bit different for you. I've invited Keith Landry, our Director of Public Relations over at Insight Marketing Group, to sit down with one of his colleagues in the public relations and news industry fields to talk about how we can get our practices and our physicians featured in local community newspapers. Now, Keith is going to talk with Mike Ng, who is actually the publisher and editor of a community-based newspaper. And this is near and dear to my heart because years ago, I actually started and ended up building and selling a community-based newspaper. And with everything that's going on right now, The news is so much more important than it's ever been in getting things that are local, impacting your community, and that are front and center, that are giving you the right kind of information in real time is critical to making decisions, to being involved in our communities, and honestly, for also choosing your healthcare providers. So if you are a doctor or if you're a practice administrator out there and you're looking to get press for your practice or your physicians, an upcoming procedure that you're bringing in, maybe a big announcement of a new office opening, maybe even something that you're doing in the community through your nonprofits or through your philanthropy, this is an episode for you. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Keith and Mike. I think you've got a great couple of minutes here in store. Thanks a bunch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast. I'm Keith Landry, Director of Public Relations with Insight Marketing Group. Thanks for joining us today. Today we're talking about an interesting topic, talking about how the news media industry is changing, in many cases shrinking, and how they're trying to do more with less. And if you're the owner of a medical practice or the operator of a medical practice, how do you get your new cutting edge technology or your new doctor covered? during these changes. So we'll dig into that a little bit. Our guest today is Mike Eng. He's the editor and publisher with the um, Observer Media Group. Mike, you've been almost 20 years as a journalist with the Observer Media Group, uh, community newspaper in Central Florida. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Keith. It's great to be here. Yeah, and you guys have been going through a lot of changes. I'm sure you're looking forward to the first long weekend you can get where you can actually get a little bit of rest. I don't know what that's like anymore. (laughs) 2020's been absolutely crazy with all the wild things going on, and I'm sure that at a community newspaper, you guys are really tap dancing quite a bit. Yes, Uh, you know, obviously we've had some, uh, just like most businesses, we've had some struggles on the financial side, but then... um, kind of the the uh 
the struggle on the other side is that news gets more important. There's more news to cover. There's more things that are happening. Um, and so you kind of have these two polar opposite things happening um, within the same company where there might be less money, but more work to do. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been interesting to say the least. And Mike, that's clearly the trend across the industry. Uh, I was a news anchor and reporter for 26 years and six or seven newsrooms across the country. And part of the reason why I got out of the industry four years ago is because I saw that it just continues to shrink, that, yeah. that the, um, the workload is going up, the staffing is shrinking, uh, the ad revenue is shrinking. People should know the ad revenue at the, the newspapers, radio, and TV. It's all shrinking because you can get it all on your cell phone now. And so you don't need to stay up super late to watch the news. So if the sure. ad revenue is shrinking and the numbers are shrinking, then the budget has to shrink too. Is that, right. I'm sure you've sort of seen that on your end. Uh, yes. Um, I think, you know, with, with us being hyper-local community, it's a slightly different um, struggle. You know, of course, some of that trickles down to, to us. Um, but we like to say that the, the industry is evolving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we are constantly exploring new uh, revenue streams and, and things of that nature. Uh, but certainly the traditional model of a print newspaper with print advertising uh, is certainly changing and changing quickly. Mike, let's just reminisce a little bit so that folks have a broader understanding and some context about where things have been lately and when they're going. Let's look back over your 20-year career. You, you're 20 years in. I was 26 years. I remember back in the day, budgets weren't a concern. Um, the news was the thing. TV news was yep. the thing, in my opinion. You know, people loved it. Uh, newspapers. Yep absolutely essential and, and I remember they used to do so much more investigative pieces yep. and we've seen some of those things change what what are your reflections on how the industry's changed during your career well if you think about it you know and, and since you invited me on this I've been thinking about this but really um, because my my uh, my career has been specifically in community news we were social media that's that's the role we filled. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we did a lot with your city council. We did a lot with your schools and your churches and those types of things. And so, um, you know, as, as other ways of getting information has gone out, has, you know, proliferated and got, gotten more um, popular, we've had to evolve along with that. So um, in the early days, obviously, we didn't really, we didn't even have a website. We didn't have social it was just the print products and you know the revenue that 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 carried that was the print advertising along with it and that was the number one way for our local businesses to get their name out to our audience um, so so mike as the community newspaper model continues to evolve where are you observing the most emphasis and growth is it more digital and less print now is it a blend between social media digital and print or how's it looking and how's it shaping up and the reason why i ask that is because i want our medical practice operators to understand where they should be pitching what they should be thinking as they yes. try to get coverage or advertising we like to think and, and you can apply this to both the editorial and the advertising side but we kind mm -hmm. of describe um getting information out there is if you're looking at a building that's that's on a city square block and it has four entrances and so you want to capture anyone going in any one of those 
entrances. So you have, you know, your traditional print, you have your digital, you have your social, you have, you know, TV or billboard or, or whatever. But um, if you're trying to advertise, you want to do a little bit of everything. If you're trying to get, you know, a story somewhere, you know, you want to look for organizations that will get you in all of those places as well. Um, so that's, as, as our company has evolved, that's how we've taken our platform is, you know, we're going to go where our audience is. So we've been working for quite a long time and building up a digital audience, a social audience. And sometimes that coverage will change depending on what it is. Um, related to COVID, what we've, the tactic that we've taken is um, we still have a weekly paper mm -hmm. and we kind of look at that as our kind of our hallmark product, the legacy product. So uh, a lot of the co content in there is still that same flavor. It's pretty upbeat, um, longer stories, Sunday reads, that type of thing. Um, but we noticed very quickly that our audience is wanting up to the minute coverage on uh, statistics and diagnoses. And, you know, things were changing so rapidly that we utilized social and web for that. So um, as far as case numbers in, in Orange County and then specific to West Orange, Winter Garden, Windermere, we're putting that stuff up every day online, but you won't see that the print product. So we've been diversifying the kind of information um, that we're, we're putting out and on which platform. Um, and we really pay attention to the audience to tell us, yes, that's working. That's what they like to see. That's where, that's where that information is appropriate. And this is adding to your daily list of tasks considerably. I mean, this is a huge endeavor to keep all this latest information updated on the yeah. digital version of the newspapers and social media. How do you guys approach that? Uh, it, you know, we, we scaled back our print a little bit. Um, we're running tighter paper, so there's not as much room to fill on the editorial side at the moment. Uh, and then we're reallocating those hours to keeping up with social a little more, digital a little more. Um, you know, recently with the riots and things of that nature, there was a West Orange connection and we had to jump on that um, and do some coverage on that. So some of it is that good old fashioned, which I know you know, that just that feeling of when you're a journalist and there's something happening, you have this drive to go and do it. Um, there's, there's a little bit of that, but then there's also planning behind it. Interesting. So for you, you're not just a news manager, you're the, the editor and the publisher. And yes. so we're getting insights from you at the highest level, the top of the food chain here. How do you balance the, the journalist purist heart driven decisions to do the best journalism versus some cold business decisions sometimes? Sure. Um, well, being that our company, our CEO and owner is a journalist through and through, um, you know, we've always had a very, kind of old school mentality about that. We don't have your strict separation of church and state where our advertising and our editorial editorial are, you know, never talk or never, you know, we, we do cross that line and we discuss things and we, you know, one of the things that's helped um, as I've taken on the role on both sides has been that communication between the two. Um, of course, I'm not going to do anything that sacrifices our journalistic integrity um, for the sake of business. But I think most um, savvy marketers understand that that's, that's fine. Um, really what, what we're trying to deliver for our ad customers is an audience. And so you have to have good content to have that audience. Um, and so once you explain that 
to folks. They, they understand um, that if you're going to have a strong audience, it needs to have strong content. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about if I am the manager of a doctor's practice and we get a new doctor who's fantastic, maybe he or she specializes in something that isn't all that widespread in the market. It's a, it's a, it's a nice niche that they're doing. Or we get some cutting edge technology that has something different about it than what other practices are doing. If I want to try to get on the news in the community newspaper, how should I approach that? And Mike, being the, the top gentleman on the totem pole where you are, what are you looking for in that news release or that news story pitch to help yeah. get that through the system and actually covered? Sure. Um, I think it's important from that perspective, same as it is with a journalist, that you, that you know your audience. So if you say you have a new piece of technology or a new doctor, um, you need to think about, okay, well, who, who's the potential client, you know, for this office, who, who would come here. And then if you do your research around the, the publications or the news outlets that cover that particular area and see which ones have that audience that you're looking for, I think you have a higher degree of uh, percentage of that actually you know, getting pushed as a story and getting out there, um, you know, relative to what we do, we're very hyper-local. So anytime that I see something that has Winter Garden or Windermere or Okoe or Dr. Phillips, any, anywhere in a press release, it's going to pique my interest just because that's the area we cover. Um, we also do, you know, various special sections relative to, to medical things. We have a health Health, health magazine that publishes six times a year. And I'm always looking for content for that. That's, that's local enough that it, it's relevant to our audience. So I think if, if from that perspective, if marketers are looking and are knowledgeable about these particular news outlets, there's probably a greater chance um, of them getting seen, um, especially if, it, if you have something in there that's really relevant to their, their audience. What are your thoughts about making sure there's maybe three talking points in there and a quote from the main manager yeah. or character of the story to just keep it super simple for somebody who is as busy as you are to just scan it quickly? Right. Yes. And that's something we've been talking about on our, on our ad side when we're delivering proposals. We've actually been working, our ad folks have been working on getting their, um, their emails as short as possible sometimes no more than three sentences, uh, something just a real quick, you know, so that, that it's digested really fast. Um, I my email inbox is always insane. So there's sometimes when it's, if it gets too long, it's something that I think, well, I'll go back, you know, and I'll read that later. Um, and that may or may not happen depending on what happens that day. Um, so yeah, shorter is better. I think the, the quality of the writing um, is important too. Um, to, so to, to have for marketing and PR agencies to have, you know, good journalists who have, you know, gone on to that side, that's important um, because they know how to speak the language. They know how to, how journalists see things. Um, they maybe can write in the inverted pyramid kind of standard news, uh, news way of writing and that can get that information out very, very fast.
Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content. And they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience, where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got eight ways to wow patients and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about. Uh, at InsightTrainingSolutions.io. That's InsightTrainingSolutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did. I think this is a great time to give the listeners some context on the wildness into which they are pitching, which is a daily newsroom. And so all the years that I did it, there was very many meetings throughout the day. As a news manager like yourself, I'm sure you're almost constantly in meetings. But what we would do in the TV station newsrooms is we'd have a 9 a.m. meeting and then there would be a, maybe a 1 p.m. or 3 p.m. meeting and a debrief after the five or six news for the evening. So the managers were constantly in meetings. The reporters were in those meetings pitching story ideas, trying to sell those to get those on the news. Uh, tell us how your day looks in terms of meetings and just how wild it must be as the as the editor and publisher. Yeah, well, pretty much every day starts off with an ad meeting. So we we and right now it's all it's all you know virtual meetings, and so we get on and we talk about any projects coming up, any uh, wins that we've had recently, that that type of thing, and then projects coming down the pike that that might need revisiting, any problems or concerns that come up, we do that. Um, there's a fair amount of training we've been doing, especially post-COVID, as far as marketing and and trying to sell through a through a phone or email or a computer screen. You know, there's there's a certain amount of training because we have been very much an in-person type business for for a long, long time. That's the way community news is. You know, it's it's odd for me to be speaking to you through a computer screen because I'd much I'd much rather be in in a room with you. Um, so there's some training that goes with that. And then um, depending on the day of the week, then I'll be on deadline with either the papers or with a special section that has a different deadline or a magazine that we do that has a different deadline. Um, and then the, the rest of it is sometimes that I'm, I'm creating content myself. I'm managing a website. I'm checking Google Analytics. I'm looking at our social mm-hmm. um, and email blasts every day. Um, I put those together. So there's a lot that just, there's a lot of plates that spin, um, especially for a smaller organization like ours. So with that as the backdrop, if I'm the person putting together a news pitch as the manager of a doctor's practice, that news release better be super simple and focused. Yes. 
Yes. And, you know, for me, and I don't know if, if lots of newsroom managers are like this, but for me, I love seeing, I love developing relationships with certain folks. So the more that you can put a name to that face, you know, put a face to that name mm -hmm. and not just kind of blindly sending things, or even if it's just a follow-up phone call or, or something of that nature, that can go a long way it, for, from where I stand um, because I like to know that, you know, where this person's coming from. And it might even be beneficial, especially if it's a new publication or, or someplace new that you're trying to get in to have a call before you send, send anything and say, Hey, this is, you know, this is who I'm, this is who I'm representing. These are the kinds of stories, you know, tell me about what you guys, how do you do these types of things? Are you interested in this type of thing? Uh, I think it's important that you build that relationship. And then when that name pops up in the inbox, you think, oh, I know Keith. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. I wonder what he has. Um, one, of the one of the things that, that kind of irks me is sometimes you'll get a press release. Um, and, and a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just change the name at the top and they send a generic press release that they've sent to dozens of other news outlets. And sometimes they forget to change that name at the top. Whoops. <laughs> so as best you can, you know, proofread your things. Um, make sure that, that it, and if you have the time, it would be great if you, if you did it, you know, personally directed toward whatever pub it is. Because I'm sure if you have something, it might, what, what the Orlando Sentinel is looking for in a pitch might be different than what the West Orange Times is looking for in a pitch. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to get into both, you might want to think about, well, what does, what does the Sentinel publish in the health field versus what, what someone else does? Um, and maybe uh, that, can, that can get you through that, through that door as well. And Mike, that's a great point. One of the things I always advise people when I'm doing webinars about public relations is that it's not enough to send the news release to the community newspaper or the large newspaper, radio, TV, whatever it might be. It's not enough to just send the release. You must call yep. the desk or the assignment desk and make sure that somebody at least puts a pair of eyes on it. Yep. How crazy is the list of email blasts coming into your inbox all day? Oh, it'll be hundreds a day. Few of them are actually relevant to us. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I'll be the first to admit, there have been some that have fallen through the cracks because they just got lost in that sea of things. And it might've been relevant to us and shame on me for missing it, but that's, that's kind of the, the, the world today and how much, and how much we get, even at a, a small community outlet like, like us. Um, there's tons and tons of them that just, we, we get on some list somewhere and then we're just inundated with all kinds of all kinds of things. So let's talk for a second about advertising in a community newspaper. Of course, if you're doing the public relations, you're hoping to get some free coverage and that's a huge sure. bonus. But if you're opening a new location with a team of new doctors and some new cutting edge medical procedures, the community newspaper might be a great bet for advertising. Oh, I, I think so for sure, especially in the medical field when you do have, you know, say you, you are opening a new practice and you have uh, an office, you know, say in Winter Garden, well, your client base is exactly our readership. Um, and so, uh, you know, obviously there's lots of different marketing solutions out there, but 
none that are as hyper-local as, as your community paper can be. Um, and so, uh, and one of the other things is we're advocates for our community. We want them to succeed. We want our doctors to succeed. We love to see that type of, of success going in our community because we realize all of our boats were lifted um, when there's success in our, in our community. So we have all of our folks live here, right here. Uh, we work here. We shop at your Publix. We eat at your restaurants. You do get that personal feel with with us. And plus, I think uh, when you spend those ad dollars, they go specific to where your client base will be. That's essential. What about hosting an event in terms of trying to just get the name out there and catch the newspaper's attention? Like you're going to host an event of some sort and you're hoping to win news coverage through that. Is that a nice strategy? I think you you want to make sure there's a newsworthy aspect to your event. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's ribbon cuttings and grand openings all the time. And, you know, sometimes we'll make it out to those, but sometimes we can't. Those aren't, those aren't ever going to bubble up as, you know, this is page one. Right. Um, however, if, if there's some sort of charitable aspect to your event, if you're raising money for uh, a certain organization, um, things of that nature, uh, that can be something nice in, in the medical world, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a whole building of, you know, a a medical office building and and collectively you want to do something on a grander scale. Um, I will say for us, we love the kids stuff. I know that's not, that's not really happening right now, but hopefully soon we'll, we'll be seeing more of that. But, you know, I joke and, you know, anytime you can put a bounce house anywhere that, that kind of, entices uh, at least the hyper locals to say, Hey, we can get some pictures of kids and you know, their parents will certainly want to see their kids in the paper. So um, that type of thing tends to work out well, but I would say the charitable aspect, if you can, if you can somehow tie it to something like that, um, that can go a long way to getting coverage. Mike, let's talk about the future here. Obviously the media continues to scramble and do more with less weekend staffs in all media tv newspaper print have been cut back a bit to save money Um, we've seen reporters leaving media outlets this year i've had a bunch of emails get kicked back from people who are no longer where they were just a couple months ago what is your strategy for being effective moving forward with a flood of information coming in and continuing restrictions on your staffing? How do you do it? You know, ours is a very metrics based approach. So we're constantly looking at our Google analytics will tell us what stories people care about. So when we see something take off, we, we make a note of that and say, okay, this is, this is important to our community. I mean, I measure for print, you know, we look at, um, how, how many returns we have, you know, how many papers were picked up that week. And if we're still pretty high, then we know that we're getting good penetration. We know we're filling it with, with things that people care about. Um, that hasn't changed. And that's been, that's been um, kind of the, the way we've done things for 20 years um, to be mindful of what our audience wants I think as we go forward and as digital becomes more prevalent has, you know, the way people consume information changes, you just have to be opportunistic with the way you're going to deliver that content. One of the things that separates the hyper locals from, from any other of the, the major, like major metros and things like that is most of our 
most if not all of the content that we have is only unique to us. So it's not like you can go and get what happened at the Winter Garden City Council anywhere else. We're either going to have it or it's not going to be out there. So if, as long as we can, we, if we have an audience for that hyper-local news, we have we kind of have the monopoly on that information because nobody else is doing it the way we are. Um, I think some of the struggles with the major metros is there's multiple ways of getting a lot of that content. Um, some of it is also, some of them struggle with it being behind a paywall and things of that nature. Our content has always been free, always will be free. So that information is there. You know, we know for advertising to succeed, they need the eyes. And so we wouldn't do anything that would prevent the eyes from, from being on our content. Um, I think that that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but of course, like I said before, there is that trickle down effect. So especially during COVID when businesses closed and businesses don't need to advertise. And so you saw that tightening of the belt in all of our markets. Um, and as we come out of it, uh, I, I'm optimistic that those businesses, those mom and pops who want to capture a very specific audience will still remember that we're the number one way to do that. I think that's great. And one last question as we continue a digital transformation in the media away from uh, the traditional television or traditional print. What's that one last bit of advice you would give to operators of medical practices about trying to ride that wave and make their news pitches and ad buys um, as the trend continues to move digital? What's that last bit of advice you have for us today? Don't think your Facebook account is enough. You know, on the surface, you might think, well, this is a very inexpensive way to, to get my messaging out there, to do my marketing. I can, I can open, you know, I can start a Facebook page. I can um, start a Twitter account. And it's only inexpensive if your time is worth nothing. Because any, anybody in media, uh, as I'm sure you probably know, managing social media is almost a full-time job all onto itself. And so if you're going to be savvy in the social scene, you actually need to spend quite a bit of time doing it. And for most people in the medical practice, they're not social media. That's not what they, that's not their passion. Um, so that's, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of, of trying to do your own social is you really, I, I liken it to, you know, you're continually preaching to the choir. You're only reaching people who already like or subscribe to you. So you're capturing the people you've already captured. Um, and yes, maybe there will be some word of mouth residual, but I would submit that it's probably way more beneficial and cost effective to get in front of a new audience and capture those minds um, rather than reiterate the ones you already have. Those are great points. All right, Michael Eng, the editor and publisher of Observer Media Group. Fantastic insights today on how the media in general and community newspapers are changing. And I think that our practice managers picked up some great stuff today. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Keith. It was great. 
Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders. Doctor's Orders.